Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He is Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, lots of news over this past week. So this is going to be a big news and notes type of show. Let's start with this. The transfer portal giveth. The transfer portal taketh away. Sometimes with the same player. <laughs> well, well played on that one. Well played. And the player, the player in question, Storm Duck from North Carolina. I, I don't know what I'm going to miss more. The fact that. Uh, he will not be occupying a spot on the cornerback depth chart, or I won't get a chance to say that name for a season or two. So he's he's off to uh, an undetermined destination right now, and I think this is just kind of part of the deal. You know, I think the very nature of kids who are leaving school A makes them a little bit higher probability wise to leave school B as well. And so Storm Duck uh, arrived in January. Didn't like something what what he saw or experienced or didn't get um, the role that he wanted or didn't acclimate social whatever the case might be he's he's off and uh, you know head, head into a new school and um, I think Penn State's okay on the depth chart at the top but this this does throw a wrench into their plans a little bit and maybe um, maybe just something that they'll have to address here in the spring or summer if they're if they're able to storm duck we hardly knew ye. Uh, Dustin, I'm going a little back and forth on this. I'm seeing a lot of uh, fan reaction to this in a very negative way. And my initial reaction was to relate to that. Here you have a kid who transferred into Penn State, was using up a scholarship on the roster, got free education for the semester, and is really giving nothing in return. My initial sentiment was, hey, wait a minute, does he not at least owe the team, the university, at least one year of playing, one year, one fall, because he has already gotten uh, things as compensation for that scholarship? And I know there's no way to snap your fingers and make that a rule, but I think that was the sentiment of a lot of fans. But then I thought about this a little further, and I want to ask you this. Is it possible that Penn State is happy about this? That perhaps the conversation that the coaching staff has with every player after spring practice may have been, hey, Storm, thought it was a great idea to have you here, but quite candidly, you're not going you haven't been good enough to be in the rotation. Now we'll honor the scholarship, but it doesn't look like you're going to see a lot of action here. So is it possible Penn state felt that way? It could be the case. I mean, you could just have a disconnect and this is everything's purely speculative. I'm just kind of in my mind going through the different scenarios that will cause a kid to show up for one semester and then depart. But uh, if if the the coaching staff and the player didn't really see an ideal fit in one capacity or another, you know the the scenario that really jumps out to me, and again just speculating about it, is just 
um, what you spelled out there. You know, I, maybe he came to Penn State with an expectation and saw the depth chart and 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 saw his opportunity there to to be at least in the top four guys at, at the position, and maybe that's just not. Uh, ironclad. Maybe he didn't get a guarantee of that. Maybe he didn't play or uh, work or perform or practice like a guy who was going to slot in behind Kalen King and Johnny Dixon. Maybe in his head, he thought he was better than one or both of those guys. I have no idea uh, what, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is if this kid didn't really want to be there, it's probably for the best that he did pull the plug after a semester. I don't think anybody needs him floating through the summer or fall. Um, just kind of, you know, just, just listless and, and not wanting to be there. So at least this gives Penn State an opportunity to maybe go out and find some reinforcements or give another young player or two reps that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Maybe there's some silver linings here, but the bottom line is uh, Storm Duck didn't want to be there, and I'm sure the coaching staff didn't want a guy who didn't want to be there either. All right, so now what, Dusty? We're in that second phase of the transfer portal does this make it important to get another cornerback um, into the system? You know, I, th- I think Penn State is okay if they don't go that route or if they can't go that route or if there's no good fit available at the cornerback position. You know, I, I think they're going to skew a little younger than they wanted to, especially in the depth department. Uh, that, that next man up, if there's an injury or something, is going to be pretty much unproven. And I, I know that they like Cam Miller, but... Uh, you know, he's going to be in the top four and he's pretty much unproven at this point in terms of playing experience, game experience. So yeah, I don't think they're in an optimal scenario when it comes to their depth, but I do think that they've proven they can explore some other options and things like that. Uh, maybe the Christian driver, a wide receiver experiment has to end after a semester or two. I don't know, but uh, it just seems like it's a rush to try to make a move and, and fill this spot. They'd have to get kind of fortunate. I don't really know what's out there on the portal at, at the cornerback spot uh, this, this next phase, but um, I'm always kind of thinking that they're not going to be able to do that and fill that spot in, in time. But I'd be pleasantly surprised if, if I'm wrong though. I think this, they're, they're definitely in the market. Um, again, I don't think they, they've shown they haven't compromised at all ever on whether they see a guy as a good fit or not. Uh, even when they do, as it turns out with Storm Duck, sometimes it just doesn't end up going that way. Could this also mean we could see Daquan Hardy in the more traditional cornerback position and perhaps somebody else will cover the slot? I wouldn't predict that, but I think when it comes to covering all your bases, it's got to be a scenario that's at least in play. And I think what uh, what that would come down to is if you've got a guy who is more ready to play a nickel role, for example, than the outside. And I think they, they wouldn't do that unless Hardy was good enough and he was, he was ready to make that move because his role has been pretty clearly defined uh, over the course of his career. I think his role is going to remain clearly defined. Maybe the rotation tightens up a little bit, but um you know, like the way that it is, you know, they don't really have another veteran to go that four or five deep that they like. And that is a disruption at this point in time. So how they make up for it, I'm not really sure. I don't think you're going to see, you know, they, they've made position changes this late in the game before. When Keaton Ellis moved from cornerback to safety, they started exploring in the spring and then they did. They made the move in the summertime. 
Maybe something similar is in the pipeline there. I'm not real sure, but I think they need another body there, preferably somebody that has a little experience. Well, you mentioned Keaton Ellis. There's a guy who has experience at cornerback. Maybe when they go to, you know, the extra cornerback, maybe covering the slot, there's another guy. Or here's another name for you. How about Marquise Wilson? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Uh, and he, and isn't it, was, isn't it funny how, how it turns out? You know, I think, I think the guy, and I don't know where his education, you know, fit into it and whether he graduated and all that stuff, but you know, you get a guy who's, who's finally, you know, said, okay, it's, it's time to move on. And then this occurs where he would have had the biggest role of his career. It's yes. Yes. That is part of it. But these guys, let's finish up the portal update. For those of you who don't realize, Marquise Wilson not only went into the uh, portal, but he found a new home at Purdue. And just like Jimmy Crist has found a new home at Virginia. So it's interesting when players, it seems like most of the players who have left Penn State have gone down a level. To the credit of these two, they each found a Power 5 team to get to, and in the case of Marquise Wilson, another Big 10 team. And I think in both of their cases, you'll be hard-pressed to find at Purdue uh, four guys or five guys who are better than Marquise Wilson and better prepared to play than Wilson. So that's favorable. And I think the same thing is probably true for Jimmy Christ, you know, with the way that Penn state was developing depth there and with the way that it was pretty, it was made pretty clear that other guys were ahead of of Jimmy on, on the depth chart. He probably finds a more favorable situation at, at Virginia as well. So it's not, you know, they remain in the power five, but I think in both cases, they're going to rosters that don't have the same firepower as Penn state. And I think that's, probably appealing to both of them. They don't have to drop down in level necessarily, but they do find themselves better positioned to, to compete. And that's what the transfer portal is for. Exactly. Jimmy said, Jimmy wants to be a Cavalier. So, <laughs> Hey, G- George likes his chicken spicy. <laughs> uh, just as we're on the portal updates, let's hit the other sports uh, wrestling. You could speak to this brought in a couple of folks and, basketball they're up to about half a roster now up to about five or six guys <laughs> they brought in zach hicks from temple so there's they actually have six players i think now they could actually field the team and have a sub yeah how about that how about that look at look at mike Rhodes go i mean it's going to be a process for him that, that's one thing for sure i mean i think you got the cornerstone guy uh, with Ace Baldwin coming in, you've got you know Noah Kern c- coming from BCU, and maybe they're not done yet there. Uh, Zach Hicks here from from Temple, so you're starting to put together you know a Power Five ro- about a quarter of a Power Five <laughs> roster anyway. <laughs> but again, I mean, the, the, with the way things were looking, I, I, and I don't know about you, you, maybe you can chime in on this, but would you say the Mike Rhodes um, catch up and build processes is? as planned, ahead of planned, or behind schedule? Considering where they're coming from, I would say it's ahead of schedule because he was starting at, at ground zero, yeah. literally zero. And even a couple of the players that um, stayed on, I think Kanye Clary staying on was a big keep for them, bringing in a couple guys from um, VCU. I'm not going to say, oh my goodness, they're now on their way to a Big Ten contender in this upcoming season, but 
even if they have to fill out the rest of the roster with warm bodies, the process has begun. They're obviously not done. It's not going to be just warm bodies the rest of the way. Basketball, as much as we are mostly football fans and we look at the transfer portal in terms of football and basketball, it is absolutely crazy. You can put a full team together in a year. Yeah, I mean, because you only need 10 or 12 spots, really, to to compete. Um, and I think, you know, to, right away, getting Ace Baldwin to make the commitment to get on board was was a really good step. So I think that's good. In terms of wrestling, uh, Mitch Messenbrink from Cal Baptist, Bernie Truax, is a three- or four-time All-American. Uh, waits to watch. 157-165. Uh, Messenbrink will come in and compete with Alex Facundo there. And then Truax, 184 or 197, depending on where whether Aaron Brooks stays at 184 or bumps up next year. And we'll bring in our good buddy to, uh, to talk about that next year. Right now, though, we got lots more football talk. And just a little hint, Salty Jim is on his way. Ooh. Stay tuned for that. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim. He's Dusty. And Dusty, as I warned ahead of time, it's Salty Jim on the way. You and I talked between segments and said, do our listeners appreciate Salty Jim or not? I don't care. It's what they're going to get. And one of the things I said is I think a lot of coverage of a lot of sports, it's so vanilla or, or it's a company line or it's the, the narrative gets put out there. And I don't like that. And everyone's sing, singing the same song. And let me explain why I put it that way. The NCAA came out with a couple new rules specifically to make the games go faster. So the clock stoppage rules. And essentially, here are the rules. They are going to change 
what they do in college where it was after first down that stopped the clock. Do they get the ball set, so on, get the clock started again, unlike the NFL where it would just keep running. Now, they're going to do that for every for the entire game except for the last two minutes before halftime, I think, also, and at the end of the game. The other two rules are really just so minor. It's you can't call back-to-back timeouts. And the other one was, you know, that really weird rule. If there was a penalty on the last play of the quarter, they would run an untimed play. They've eliminated that. So those two rules have very little effect. Here's what gets me salty, though. Essentially, the expected result is that there'll be like five to seven fewer plays. There's going to be five to seven fewer plays of football, which is what I want to see. And they're trying to sell it to me that they're doing this for the safety of the players. Dustin, they're selling that. I ain't buying it. How about you? You know, I I, I think it, it's true that the safety of the players has a minor yet positive impact. But whether that's the the priority impact, that that's where I, I I would I would definitely listen to. You know, like that that's not the objective. Let's say it's maybe it's going to happen, but it's not the objective. If if the objective and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to I'm trying to read Salty Jim here thinking that there are going to be fewer plays, but it's going to replace, be replaced with ad time? Well, it, it's, not, it's shortening the game, but the reason why they have to shorten the game is because they have more advertising. And I've, you know, I just got done reading an article. Boy, I, it was a national uh, website. Well, I may. I think it was the athletic. I'm not sure, so don't pin me down for that. But I think it was the athletic where they're actually telling us, no, 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 this has nothing to do with how many commercials or there's more commercials now than there used to be. That's a bunch of crap. There are more commercials now than there used to be. There are. And if they want to save some time, there are some other ways to do it. Halftime in college is, is like 20 minutes, but only 12 minutes in the NFL. I could save you eight minutes per game right there. Right there. If you, if you want to emulate the NFL, go for it with halftime. Well, what you want to do is get that time block. Remember, the games start at noon, then at 3.30. They don't want games going three hours and 40 minutes because that cuts into the time of the next game. Right. And it, it hurts them. So they want to get the game down to that window. And there are other ways to do it. Yes, shortening commercials or shortening halftime. Or I got another idea for you. Those vanity commercials. Go to Penn State because we're whatever. Go to Pitt because we're whatever. That there's no compensation for that. It's just part of the contract. Get rid of those. There's a couple (laughs) minutes every game. Shorten the halftime. You do not have to reduce actual game time to make it shorter, okay? You don't. The um, reviews, now that has hurt the time also, but I think they go to commercial anyway, don't they, with those? But they could shorten that time by just saying, you know what? We get 30 seconds, and if it's not obvious that the play should be overturned, don't overturn it. Just get it back to the game. So 
there are ways to do this. Do not try to sell me that you're doing this to reduce injuries. I'll tell you what, if your main goal is to reduce injuries, I got another plan for you. I could cut injuries in half, Dusty. Cut them in half. Two hand touch. Two hand touch. No. Just play a half. Play two quarters instead of four. <laughs> there you go. Man, Salty it's Jim the has, the most, has, the, has the most sarcastic solutions to this problem. That, Well, first of all, was anybody complaining that games were too long? Other, other, than, other than maybe ad, advertisers who got cut off you know, from the 3.30 window because the first one ran long. Well, I think it is the TV window is, was the driving force. And I think you also have people like Salty Jim. If Penn State's scheduled to play at 3.30 and there's a game on prior, and there's still, you know, seven minutes left in a 30-point game, and they're still going to commercials, then I have an issue, okay, yeah. as a fan also. So, you know, you could you could shift it and put four-hour blocks between games, noon, four o'clock, eight o'clock, then you won't run into the problem, except that what the uh, TV will probably do is say, gee, we have more time. What can we fill it up with? I know we'll sell more commercial time. Yeah. So there's your salty Jim. I think I'm justified, Dusty. Am I? I I do too. I mean, I think anything the governing body does with football in mind, 100% of the time, money is the primary objective. You know, and you're not going to tell me that that on this one occasion, this one special occasion, and in this case, even if it's the contentment or whatever of the advertisers, that's still money driven to me. You know, if, if, if they're trying to hit these windows better, it's for TV. It's not for the fan, you know, and, and I think that's the thing. I think at, at its core, a lot of stuff's going on in college football that, um, isn't full with the fan in mind. Now, can the fan benefit from the ex- and expanded playoff and stuff? Yeah, of course. Sure. Um, but it's not the primary objective. You know, the primary ob- objective is to wring as much out of this chamois as they possibly can in as many different ways that they can. And it, you're not going to tell me either that uh, this is you know, out of the goodness of their heart or for safety or for this or for that. It's to make it a better product for the television people and not the college football fan. And that's what all, that's the name of this game the whole way through. I'm not so cynical about it that I don't think it can still better the sport or at least make, you know, not ruin the sport, but don't be, don't get it twisted. You know, the, the powers that be are every single one of them at every tier of leadership. And that goes for university presidents who, by the way, would have a big problem. The, the, the non-athletic people would have a big problem with axing those commercials during the big 10 network uh, games. You know, I, I don't, I don't think Pat Kraft cares so much, but you know, the administration w- would care about that because that's an academic promo as much as anything. But yeah, every, every single tier of leadership is driven and evaluated by what they're doing from a revenue and dollars and cents perspective. None of this is any different. And I, it, it will take a lot more than a press release to convince me that any move that's made in the future of college football is done for fans, for players, for coaches, for anybody that has to do with the actual product. It's always for the TV people. Always. Well, tell me, Dustin, the 20-minute halftime for college football, what goes on then on TV? What do we see for 20 minutes? 
you you generally just go to their studio show, which you know the art of the studio show is a whole different story for another day. Like I'm just not keen on those in the first place. Everybody twiddles their thumbs, and they they put in more commercials during those studio shows. Absolutely, okay? and I don't need and the, the studio the, show. And the studio shows, even even within them, when they're not at commercial, there are sponsorships and stuff. I mean, this this is really like. Uh, you know, just before we know it, there's just going to be, it's just going to be like one big frame of ads with the action in between. Let's just, let's just abandon all ads are going to be more intrusive. And they already do some of that on the crawl. You know, here's our today's scoreboard brought to you by XYZ company. So it's already happening, Dustin. And the, you know, um, the halftime, and again, some of this narrative, Oh, can't shorten the narrative because that's the opportunity for the bands to get their television time. Out of that 20 minutes, how much of it is band time? Boy, that that's a good question. Don't, don't they typically show what, like maybe 60 seconds? Yes. Yes. Fine. You could still do that. Okay. Yeah. You could still, the thing is, I'm not, the solution of, Hey, all you football fans, all you people who are watching, all you people who we're trying to reach with commercials, here's our first solution. We're going to shorten the game. We're going to shorten the reason why you're watching. How's that for a solution? We're going to take your product that you love and we're going to shorten it. Isn't that a great idea? Can we take that part of it? out for like take that part of the equation out for one second and let's just think about the the running clock not not what it achieves but the the game and how it flows with the running clock uh are are you you know for or against or indifferent i don't have a problem with the rule one way or the other my my only issue is with the rule change and what what is the bottom line? What comes out of this rule change? Two things. It shortens it for television, so it fits in that block, without reducing any commercials, okay? That we're not yeah. reducing. And the second thing it accomplishes is it shortens the game I love. Yeah, you get you get less product. To, the, you know what they call it? You see it with potato chips and cereal all the time, and there's a term for it. It's shrinkflation. That's what's going on. Yes. And, and I, I, I want to, I mean, I hate to harp on the same thing, but you know, if the, the fan experience doesn't mean anything to these people, unless, unless some cardinal sin is made and it turns college football fans away in droves, which I think is almost not even, it's impossible to do that. College football fans are not going to walk away from this product unless it tanks majorly, but none of this is done with that person in mind the average college football fan or even the average player. All this stuff is, is to keep making more money, keep printing more money. And there's no such thing as enough, no matter how much they make next year, they're going to be challenged by their administration or whatever to raise it by 20%. And on and on we go, this is not for you. You just happen to be enjoying it. Just don't keep telling me it's about player safety. Okay. It's not raining. You know what it's actually doing, okay? That is it for quarter number two. Stick around. There's more of Salty Jim to come. 
Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim, he's Dusty. Dusty, I got to vent a bit in quarter number two. I do feel better for it. However... I'm going to do, I think, some more venting, although you may be able to uh, talk me off of it. I want to talk about the Beaver Stadium upgrades. We got some information on that, um, really some fascinating information. Apparently, a plan is going to the board soon. Essentially, the plan is going to refurbish Beaver Stadium. Going to start with, it sounds like they're just going to take down the west side of the stadium and redo it. Um, it will include press box and suites and all of that, seat back chairs and so on. And that's going to come in at a mere $700 million. And that is the first phase. There's still another $500 million to go for a grand total of $1.2 billion to renovate as opposed to the $1.5 billion it would have taken to build a new Beaver Stadium. There you go. That's the overview. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, the, the, the big question, and by the way, as you're speaking about this, I have a, a really good new business uh, idea, uh, and I want to know if you want to partner with me on it. So we're sitting here, and you're venting, you're sharing, you're getting things off your chest, you walk out of here feeling better, and that's great. What would you think about selling spectator seating to therapy appointments? Just strangers or whoever, you know, let, uh, there are people who are going for that ride right now that they could just go in there and hear just the most bizarre stuff in the world and then go back and feel better about their crappy lives. What do you think? <laughs> I like it, Dusty. Okay. I like it. All right. So anyway, the, the, in terms of the Beaver stadium upgrades, I mean, it really, and, and I don't really know where fan sentiment is on this. You're usually a lot better with that than I am, but um, it just boils down to 
you know, is Beaver Stadium uh, traditional, tradition rich, uh, special enough to preserve, you know, the look of it? Like, and I, when I think of this, I think of like um, Soldier Field uh, in in Chicago. Didn't they they did something similar there, and it, it struck me. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that was kind of a it's kind of a bizarre look and feel of, of that. But um, is Beaver Stadium, a, as people know it, is it worth preserving? You know, to the point where you know you you get ninety percent of the way towards the 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 spending instead of just completely gutting it and 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 building new. I I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough for me to say. I I, I guess so, but. Um, you know, if that were true, nobody would ever like, I think Beaver stadium is great. Uh, I think there's history there. I think there's, you know, history made every single year, every time there's a whiteout, there's history made there. But, um, you know, I, I, I think it just, I, I guess if I were choosing here, I would, I would say just to, just to rebuild. Well, and that's my point. If you want to talk iconic stadiums, you're talking probably more baseball Wrigley. Fenway, who've gotten upgrades because they are iconic. The Ivy at Wrigley, the Green Monster at Fenway. and Yankee Stadium, you had that look. Uh, I don't know what they call it, but it was instantly recognizable. But they still replaced Yankee Stadium. If, if they replaced replace Yankee, Yankee Stadium, Stadium, if they did that, then I think you're within, you're, you're reasonable to replace Beaver Stadium. Exactly. And here, here, are the, here are the things that um, I have questions on. Uh, it's not so much I'm upset about it, but I have questions. And the thing about Beaver Stadium is it's like an erector set. Nobody says, oh, my goodness, what a beautiful stadium. Right. This part is iconic. In making the upgrade, we want to change the look of it, okay, because we don't yeah. like how it looks. Yeah. And you mentioned the whiteout. Well, I'll tell you what makes the whiteout special. It's the fans, the noise, the students. That could happen at a new Beaver Stadium. But here are my issues. They gave, came up with the grand total of $1.2 billion for the refurb versus $1.5 billion. Now, saying $300 million is not a lot difference, I know sounds silly. But when you get to that point, and I'm going to tell you something else. When you're doing a refurb, if you've ever done had any work done in your house, whatever estimate they gave you, I'm telling you, they're wrong. Okay? Yeah, yeah, right. They'll be overruns. And let me ask you this. We're going to tear down that whole west side of the stadium, rebuild it, and we're going to do that during one off season. Yeah. With no cost overruns. Are yeah. you buying that, Dusty? Uh, not, not for a second. Not for a single second. And I, I like I... And here's like I'll put it in my terms, all right. You you put it in adult terms, and 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 that's great. But uh, that the idea of of renovating a home is kind of like too mature, too responsible for me. What I would say is, okay, you're offering me a PlayStation Five, all right, five hundred bucks, brand new. You can buy a refurb for four sixty five. Please just give me the new PlayStation Five. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now let me talk to you about this cost, okay? There's 1.2 billion for renovation, 1.5 for new. Simple math. If they still keep 100,000 seats, this refurb is going to cost $12,000 per seat, Dusty, okay? Yeah. $12,000 per seat. Now, that seems to be a crazy way to put it, but let me put this in a little bit of perspective. I did some research. I tried to see what other college football stadiums cost. 
And what I found first was Colorado in 2018, Baylor in 2014. They built new stadiums. Colorado, 41,000-seat stadium for $220 million. Baylor in 2014 did 45,000-seat stadium for $266 million. You're going to say, but Jim, those are half the size of what we're looking at here for a new stadium. Plus, it was way back in 2014 and 2018. You got to talk today's dollars. Let's do that, Dusty. (laughs) Colorado built in 2018. That would be $264 million in today's dollars. That comes out to $6,400 per seat. Half the price per seat is what Penn State is talking about for refurbishing. And remember, if it costs $700 million, well over half the $1.2 billion budget for just the west side, what are they going to do with the east side? I think a lot of it's going to be left bleachers or you know something. They're, it's, they're being cheap on that side. The Baylor, 45,000-seat capacity, it would cost $339 million today. That's $7,500 per seat. Now, when you're doing 100,000 seats instead of 50,000, like anything else, there should be an economy of scale, okay? Your price per seat should go down, not go up with more, okay? Now, tell me, what am I missing in this formula? Because I could. Is it state college building rates are so much more? Is it, you know, we're going to have things that are so stupendous in our refurb that there are things no other stadium would have possibly seen is what am I missing in this equation, Dustin? And I think I'm most upset is too strong, but are there people even asking these questions or are they just saying, gee, we had some members of the board on this show where they talked about this and they said, Oh, we're doing a refurb no matter what. That's it. End of discussion. So is that the attitudes? And we're not even going to talk about the potential of a new stadium. And why does it cost so much? Well, the rumor is that um, all the seats are going to be flat screen TV. So your your butt can watch the rest of college football while you're at the game. Um, so that's part of it. Um, also, I wanted to get this in where, as you're talking about Colorado and Baylor, I just wanted to say Baylor, I hardly knew her, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And, and, you know, I think <laughs> this was, it's a screaming lack of information right, right now. Right. Like all we know, all that was said, this, this announcement is that's the direction that they're going. That's all that can be said right now. Um, upgraded amenities, improved circulation, which I don't know if that's high on, you know, game day priority list for people. Um, I don't know. I could breathe just fine whenever I was at the game, but uh, you know, like, are they real? Is it a matter of trying to preserve that, that story of Beaver stadium being transported across campus and, and rebuilt? Like, is, is it protecting that story? Um, go ahead. In the gym plan. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to take the bleachers from old Beaver Stadium for the student section and move the bleachers to new Beaver Stadium for the students only because the students don't sit anyway during the game. They're standing. We want them standing. That's part of the tradition. 
then you keep that old beaver field move deconstructing the stadium moving it you keep the tradition what do you think dusty i'm i'm good with all that stuff and I, just like the last segment i mean the more we talk about this the more i'm thinking let's let's just let's just build a stadium but um that's not that's not the direction that's the only thing we know i don't know what amenities are going to be upgraded i don't know what it costs to completely redo plumbing for example and and water flow i don't know what that stuff costs um but what i do know is you could you could do all kinds of really cool stuff for a lot less you could put a nacho cheese dispenser at every seat for what probably that's got to be like a 30 dollar thing right (laughs) 30 even 30 dollars times 100 100 seats that's a bargain when when you're looking that that is chump change in the grand scheme of this project which, by the way, I mean, as you're as you're pricing it on on a twelve thousand on a per seat basis, I mean, that's where some of this money is going to be coming from. Is that you know you you people are whatever you're paying for your seats is gonna is gonna go way up. Um, everything's gonna go way up. I mean, this is getting funded somehow or another. I don't know all the ins and outs of financing on this level. Uh, I just had to take out a loan to buy a loaf of bread the other day, so I'm not the best <laughs> one to talk about this, but. Uh, Clearly, the fan's going to be picking up at least a hefty portion of this tab. Well, and you talked about replacing the plumbing. If you do new construction, you pretty much know what that plumbing's going to cost. The problem is when you go into repair, I mean, in handyman school, day one, they teach them how to walk back up to talk to you, shaking their head like, oh, I didn't expect to see this. My last time I had an issue in my house, it was my water heater. My plumber was coming in to repair it. Oh, Jim, I didn't think it was this bad. We're going to need to replace this, okay? They are taught that day one at plumber school. I'm convinced of that, Dusty. And you're going to see that here on a grander scale. Count on it. $3.75 billion. Get ready the final price. (laughs) Very good. All right. I promise that's it for Salty Jim. We'll go back to Sweet Jim next quarter. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is the fourth quarter. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. I promised I would stop complaining. I probably shouldn't make promises that I can't keep, Dusty. And we're talking between segments. I don't know if you folks want to hear this when I get on a rant about the stadium. I'd like to hear what you guys think. Send us information if you want to do it through the Ask T. Frank or the Ask Andy button. That's fine. Send me an email. That's fine, too. I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Let's hit on a couple other issues. And just when I said I was done complaining, I am because we've got a new Pepsi deal. It looked like they might go back to Coke, which they they were a Coke school like 40 years ago when long I was there, ago. Dustin. Yeah. Long time ago, they renewed with Pepsi. As a Mountain Dew guy, I'm happy. How about you? Uh well, I mean, I th- I think if if I'm going to a soda fountain, which I try to limit that to 15 times a day because I'm for I'm 41 and that's what uh, responsible adults do. But if I'm going to a soda fountain, Mountain Dew is my number one choice. Um, but I think like it's one of those things where that's number one in the power rankings. But I think Coke occupies like eight or nine of the top spots on, in in the power rankings. So I don't really know how I feel. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, like if you want a giant bucket of sugar, you're going to get it, whether they're a Pepsi school or a Coke school. And it just seems like, uh, this, this has been a comfortable and good, um, arrangement for, for Penn state this whole time. I don't know of anybody who would really say like, take the full collection of, of Pepsi soft drinks, take the full collection of Coke soft drinks. I don't know. I don't know how many people are, are choosing Pepsi over Coke, but, uh, Penn State's going ahead and they're making that choice for you, aren't they? <laughs> the choice of a new generation, which probably ages me also just uh, reciting that. A little All bit, right, yeah. let's, go, <laughs> let's go to, what do we call this? Game time gate, Abdul Carter gate. What do we call it? Abdul Carter put out on social media. There was a clock, I guess, somewhere in the facilities. That was the countdown to the West Virginia game. And it the countdown was to an evening, I guess, to 7.30. And to add to this, NBC put out that they're going to carry the game. If NBC is carrying it, they've got that evening slot. That's where it's going to be. Dustin, I don't know about you. I love it. If they're going to play night games, it turns it into a bigger game, more excitement. You mentioned that it, same thing happened with Auburn when they were here a couple years ago, especially early in the season when the weather's still nice. So, first of all, Watergate implicated the White House. Uh, Cartergate implicates the White Out. So, <laughs> very similar situations here. And I got to think that there's a no cameras inside the locker, wherever that picture was from that showed the 7.30 PM time. I got to think, or you know what? Like it it really, I wouldn't put it past James Franklin to really be playing the long game here and put up a false game time there for his star linebacker. Would you, would you doubt that? I mean, it's not the probable scenario, but it's not impossible. (laughs) It, it, It is not, but I, you know, I don't think there's – I think the better strategy is if I know it's going to be a night game, 
I think you already get into the West Virginia heads that, you know, night game at Beaver Stadium. I know West Virginia will think they're important enough for a whiteout. I personally don't think it will be. I think it'll be Iowa a couple weeks later. I think that makes more sense. But I think the fact that it's a non-conference game against a Power 5 school, like you and I talked about it, when Auburn came here two seasons ago, when you and I went down to Auburn for that game, there was just a certain level of excitement. It was incredible there at Auburn also. It was wonderful. I think having West Virginia coming in for that first game, Dusty, I love it. And the fact that it'll be a night game, it just up, ups the excitement a notch. I'm, it's, it's April you know, 24th. I'm already excited about it. Let's get on the field. Let's let's start playing, <laughs> Dusty. It, it makes me wonder, and this is like a separate but related conversation. So the Beverly Hillbillies, did their car have lights on it? Because they're this is gonna it's gonna be a necessary thing for the for this drive from Morgantown to State College. Not that you're going from Morgantown to the you know bustling island of Manhattan or anything, but uh, do they have do they have lights on their cars? And here's so I'm in a weird I'm in a weird mood this week, but here's you a little what, personal. A couple yeah. years ago, you said some interesting things about Iowa. Now you're going after West Virginia. Yeah, no, I, I the most questionable thing I've ever said was about that Iowa crowd, and we will not repeat that. Um, personal history for me here: I, w- I was in Morgantown for a game once, a Maryland West Virginia game. I drove from College Park, Maryland, to Morgantown. Uh, I accidentally drove past the stadium because I'm an idiot. Uh, and got in a long line of traffic on the way back. So I'm like, you know, probably, I don't know what the drive is, a couple, few hours in or whatever. I had to go to the bathroom so bad. The only time I've ever peed in a cup outside the doctor's office was sitting in traffic in Morgantown trying to get to the stadium. So do with that information what you must. But I I love the non-conference whiteout. Uh, I think, you know, and from a branding perspective, like obviously – you would love to weaponize the whiteout to help Penn state win the most important game on the calendar. But how do you determine the most important game? Is that uh, always you're going to be talking about Ohio state and Michigan for those. But then I think Auburn really showed us the power of the non-conference whiteout where the brand of this thing has gotten so big and you're able to take it to a new audience. You're able to take it to a national audience. There's a level of intrigue both within the Penn state and West Virginia fan bases that, that goes to another level whenever you're playing against each other, just like Penn state Auburn played out. We saw it. We saw it at home. We saw it, you know, with our own eyes down there, like the games in this, in this setting mean more. So when you're able to take that, that night crowd and play it to, to uh, a non-conference team, especially one with tradition like West Virginia, um, I, I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's going to ramp up the excitement level for that. I think it's going to be a huge uh, selling point for NBC's coverage of Penn state and the big 10. I, I think there's a lot of wins to be had there. Like, obviously if they're going to stay true to their one whiteout per year thing, you're going to, you're going to burn that early on West Virginia and you're not going to have that at your disposal, but I don't think that's really been that big of a deal. There's always stripe outs. There's always three thirty kicks that, that get, you get into the, the nighttime in the second half. Like, I don't think it's the end all be all that the most important game, uh, the most impactful game has to be the whiteout. I love doing it against a, a team like West Virginia. Well, last year, it, for several years in a row, it was either Michigan or Ohio state, whichever 
game, obviously, was the home game. This year, Michigan is going to be in November. I This past season, when they played Ohio State and it wasn't a whiteout, it didn't matter, okay, because it's Ohio stinking state, okay? It'll be the same way with Michigan. So I think if you have the choices then become West Virginia or Iowa, and I think NBC would absolutely love to have a whiteout game. Now, if NBC has it that they are going to get the Penn State-Iowa game also, I think they would be all right with, okay, we'll do whiteout for the Iowa, and as our very first game, first coverage, to have a Penn State-West Virginia on that first weekend as a night game, I think NBC's got to be ecstatic. I mean, if they're already putting out the announcement like they did this past week, NBC's going to be all over this, whether it's going to be a whiteout or not, Dusty. And again, early, I'll just reiterate, early in the year. Yep, early in the year, it's going to be important for NBC. I think everybody's going to try to make a spectacle of it. I think Penn State benefits from this whiteout being uh, the brand of the whiteout spreading. And that's what happens uh, in, in a in a uh, highly anticipated non-conference game. Uh, but you did just give me, and, and Penn State has never hit me up for my marketing genius. And I, this is about the 58th tangent I've gone on so far this week. But... What do you think about this? Iowa at Beaver Stadium, fake an injury night. How about everybody, everybody <laughs> shows up with crutches and casts on and head bandages? How fun would that be? I think it's spectacular. And it, by coincidence, as long as we're going off on tangents, Dusty, this past week, again, because Jim doesn't have a life, what he does is he goes back and watches games from the previous year. So I was just watching the Rose Bowl game. And remember the Utah punter acted like he got hit and broke his leg when nobody touched him. And Keandre Lambert Smith going into the end zone after the long touchdown grabs the back of his leg like he pulled something. And yeah. it was just he was mocking the kicker. Well, we have precedent, okay, for pretending there's an injury. Yeah. So that I like it, Dusty. I want to plant that seed at least with the student section and have everybody wrapped up, you know, they're coming, they're coming to your house now, show them how absurd their behavior was and, and, and put it on full display. Well, if that's what's going to be going on for Iowa, what do you do for West Virginia? Uh, Mr. Marketing genius. Well, I mean, it could be forget how to read night. <laughs> I don't actually think this stuff about what I'm just playing in the stereotypes here. <laughs> Why not? Why yeah. not? <laughs> Getting uh, back, back on point. Dusty. That's and been your job for an hour now is to get us back on point. I, I give up. It's gone. It, we're, we're <laughs> off track. This is going to change from the salty gym show to the off tangent show, which I'm okay with. But talking about this game, and I think what is exceptional about this, and it goes back to this whole new TV contract and how brilliant it was with Fox at noon, CBS late afternoon, and NBC in the evening, you're already seeing the payoff for this because NBC's making a national news item out of this first game, and we're still in April. That's phenomenal for the Big Ten. Yeah, it's 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 good business. 
Uh, good business for the Big Ten, good business for NBC to do it this way, and you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't think that those were driving forces. It goes back to our our Salty Jim conversation earlier. I mean, these are the things that, that, are, at, that are at work. You know, the, what's best for everybody? Where's there the most synergy? And there's a lot of synergy involved in a 7.30 p.m. kick for, for the West Virginia game, and that's what it's all about. That's the name of the game in this one, and uh, I, it looks like unless Abdul Carter was – taking a picture of something else. It sure looks like that's the way it's going to go. And I am 100% here for it. I am too. And the other part to this dusty is if you're going to play the night game, do it that first week of September, Labor Day weekend. If you're going to be out celebrating, that's a day long tailgate. We're going to have, everyone's going to have when the weather's still nice. It is the greatest decision in the history of college football, Dusty. All right, that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening to us go off tangent. Be sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.